Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello, it's great to be with you. Today, we're continuing our What Is series here on the podcast, where we're looking to explore words or phrases that you would often find in contemplative circles, but you may not exactly know what they mean, for which today's topic is centering prayer. And so maybe just circling back to the first week of this series, when we began, we started by talking about contemplative prayer, noting that contemplative prayer tends to be about this process of interior transformation. In fact, Thomas Keating, one of the three monks that helped to develop centering prayer that we're talking about today, he wrote about contemplative prayer in his book, Open Mind, Open Heart, saying that what it does for us is empower us to perceive and relate and respond to everyday life with this increasing sensitivity to divine presence. In other words, with all of these forms of prayer, there's this expansion in our lives that begins first interiorly and then begins to affect our experience of life exteriorly. And so if we come back then to centering prayer, generally speaking, People would say that centering prayer is a form of contemplative prayer rooted in the Christian tradition that invites us to center our awareness on the presence of God, to find our deepest center, as Thomas Merton would have said. And so just to flesh that out a bit, if you're unfamiliar with it, one would typically begin, as is so often true, maybe they would close their eyes, maybe they would sit comfortably, just going into that space of more stillness and more quiet. And then from there, perhaps choose a sacred word or a phrase, something that would support your intention for that prayer time that would help you to open to divine presence. And then once you've chosen that, whenever you would begin to inhale, you might utilize a portion of that word or phrase and on the exhale, the next portion of. So for instance, on the inhale, Lord, on the exhale, have mercy and just keep going. Inhale, Lord, exhale, have mercy. And then as that prayer time would continue, if at any time one would find themselves wandering to past things that have happened or to future things on the to-do list, one would just simply return back to that sacred word or phrase until they move to the end of the prayer time. So that's a basic overview of centering prayer. It's ultimately about becoming aware of and being in the presence of the divine, not a replacement for other forms of prayer, which is something we've been talking about throughout this series, but it's very useful in its own way. And so with that little bit of an overview, I would love to open it up for conversation. What comes to mind for you as we begin talking about centering prayer today? For me, when I first was learning about centering prayer, it felt really intimidating to me, quite honestly. The person who was sharing talked about having this practice where twice a day for 20 minutes, you're sitting in this contemplative centering prayer space. And I thought, I'm sorry, but there's no way that, you know, just with my stage of life or whatever that I can do that. And so I think for a while I was hearing about this and, and sense that there's probably something important about this type of prayer. And I was curious about it, but it just in all honesty, it felt quite intimidating to me. 
And so I think for me, removing some of those, it has to be this certain amount of time or this certain amount of way was really helpful for me. And maybe just fast forwarding to like my current situation here where I like to take two minutes of a centering just feels like a very wonderful grounding experience for me. And as I'm meeting with people for like spiritual direction or in retreat settings, I will often invite people into a two to three minute space like that. And it's interesting to me because I notice, and again, maybe I'll speak a moment here to like the collective part of centering prayer. As I'm sitting with another person, you can kind of sense the energy with that person. And even over Zoom, if you will, or in person where if we've just come from like traffic and flustered and whatever, when we're sitting for that two to three minutes together, there seems to be this, you can sense the flustery, distracting kind of thing. And then perhaps by the end of that, we're settling into the space a little bit more where maybe somebody that has come into the space that's already like prepared themselves. And maybe I know that I'm entering into this retreat or guidance time in a little bit more of a settled space. When we enter into that silence together, it's like there's this richness of sharing this nonverbal space of experiencing the spirit in whatever way we're experiencing that personally, that feels very rich to me. And so I guess for me, something that Centering Prayer has really piqued my curiosity and something that continues to interest me in understanding more about this is like the, I don't know, awareness of our body or where the spirit, I'm sensing the spirit. Oh, I feel this warmth in my, maybe my heart area. Or as I'm sitting here, like my shoulders, I just send this like melting into the chair. And there's something about that. And again, in the sense of the word centering is a grounding practice for me that has felt really helpful. Perhaps I will continue to grow into, and I did when I first heard about the centering prayer, I did try the once a day, 20 minutes. And I think recognized for me, like when I put that together with a yoga position or something like that kind of helped me. But I think just recognizing that after a while that wasn't sustainable to me, but like the essence of that, there was something about kind of these two minutes chunks throughout my day that has felt more invitational to me. So I apologize if there are like centering prayer truists that are listening to this podcast, because I know that that's not exactly what Thomas Keating and others talk about. But I, I guess for me, that's my entrance point into the conversation. Yeah, I too, when first learning about centering prayer, ran up against the idea of can I sit for 20 minutes? I think that might be true. And I was younger when I came to centering prayer. I would sit for 20 minutes and I am not an organized person when it comes to creating lists, but man, it sure was coming to me, (laughs) this list of organizing my day or things that needed to get done as a part of my centering prayer experience. And just felt so discouraged with not being able to just sit with openness. And so I became really frustrated with my 20 minute sit, because I don't feel connected to God. I feel connected to all these to do things that, that need to happen. And I think someone just offered this notion of, if you don't feel like you have the stanima for 20 minutes, why don't you try 10 minutes and then see how that does. And then I did, I tried 10 minutes. I think 10 minutes was a little bit hard at first. So I tried five minutes for a week and then I built up to 10 minutes And then I built up to 20 minutes. And so I really appreciated the freedom to experiment with my personality type in centering prayer. I practiced for 20 minutes for three or four years before before we had kids. And then it becomes increasingly challenging to have those 20-minute sits. I think you can always make space for it. 
And I think centering prayer has added so much richness to my life and connecting me and grounding me. Like I think centering prayer is what it's done for me as a person is it's really grounded me in my spirituality. I'm thankful that we're talking about the ways in which there can be these barriers that one runs up against when you first encounter it, because yes, I think there are some strict rules that get put forth to start and it can mess with all of the good that you can get out of it. So I think I'm with you in feeling like what this has done for me, those quotes from the beginning there, even about, oh, there's this interior calming that then starts to flow out into the rest of life. And I start to feel like I can be with God in all of these different ways as I'm walking through my day, that all feels true. Those benefits are so there and they weren't always there. And so I would want people to be able to get that, right? That's the excitement of it all. But yeah, for instance, there was a rule that I learned early on around like you have to pick a word or phrase and then do not deviate from it once you've picked it. You have to stick with it because that's your word. And sometimes I would have this feeling of actually there's already a shift, right? Like I need to change my word, but there was this rule not to change the word. And so again, yeah, I'm with you, Christina. If there are people listening and that's very important, I also apologize. I have personally found it helpful to change it if I need to change it. Also, I'm wondering if the two of you have any opinions, if you think of a difference between breath prayer and centering prayer. Breath prayers are often maybe only repeated a few times. Centering prayer was often thought of in this 20-minute context, but do you make distinctions yourself between breath prayer and centering prayer? Personally, I have used breath prayer more in like a getting into my, and I have, is it parasympathetic nervous system? Yeah. Where you're like, maybe you're in anxiety or fight or flight and you're trying to calm the nervous system and kind of get back in touch. Maybe I'll just say like emotional regulation, right? Like I'm trying to regulate myself. And so I have used breath prayers in those situations of, okay, there's something that's I'm reacting to. And so I I need to calm myself in that way. And, but for me personally, breath prayer, I find distracting when I'm trying to do centering prayer because I'm, I don't want to focus on my breath. For me, that's been a distraction. And I think just having, and oftentimes I'll have just like even an image I'm, I'm image driven as well. And so just maybe having an image or like oftentimes maybe like a little piece of a song, like something that I'll just, that will be part of my thing. I think because so much of my life is word-based with a lot of the work that I do, both writing and listening and speaking and those sorts of things that for my centering prayer, I prefer either a musical little thing that I'm going back to or an image personally. So that's just for me. Chris, you may have a different opinion. So I think I know what you're talking about here. I think both of them fall under the apophatic prayer branch or umbrella. But again, I think the breath prayer, you're focusing on your breath. You're focusing on the calming effect that that has on your body of slowing down. Whereas centering prayer for me seems to be more opening up and it's not as focused. So that would be my limited understanding of the nuance between the two. Those are really great. And actually, Christina, when you talked about Oh, I I prefer an image. I don't even think I was taught with images. I've seen it in definitions, but yeah, I think I was taught with words. In that case, breath prayer doesn't necessarily have anything to do with centering prayer if one is focused. But yeah, I think in church services, I've seen a lot more breath prayers introduced because you can do it a few times and then move forward. Maybe like what you're saying, but there is this calming effect that happens in centering prayer with, and 
some of it reminds me a little bit of our previous series, like Teresa of Avila's conversation about moving into that interior space, that deep connection with the divine. And that can feel so, what does that mean? You don't really, when you're just talking about it, it pretty much makes no real sense. And then you have to get past, am I doing it right? Am Or am I just imagining what I think would be true of God? All of these things until you come into the clearing, which I think is how I see it in a way in my head. There's this clearing when you finally get past all of the noise and all of it. And it becomes a very different space, a very different experience. It is interesting, Chris. I know you mentioned being younger and first introduced to Centering Prayer. And when I approach it now too, as someone that does have a lot going on, the time does go by really quickly. So the opportunities where I do have the 20 minutes to sit, and especially when it's with others, it's wow, there was just a richness to that in community. And so I've had some different maybe retreat opportunities or some prayer times with others where there's something about sharing that space. And it's that 20 minutes went by really quickly where maybe when I was younger, it was just, there was so much going on and I didn't have that stamina built up to use your words. So that also feels like an important piece to name. I think that there's something to that. And then I shared in a previous episode on the apophatic prayer that I really appreciated. And the person that talked to me about the centering prayer, one of the first instructors around that used the analogy of a plant kind of sitting in the sun and the photosynthesis that happens beneath the soil and that mystery of the plant being able to, or the sun getting to the seed in the soil, and then a plant uprooting from that. And so there's just something comforting to me of thinking of myself with the light of the world shining on me. And what does that mean? And how is that light infiltrating my entire being? So that's just been a really comforting, my go-to, I would say for centering prayer is that image of just light and the light of the world, the light of Christ to come in and through me has been just, I think for me, very engaging. Yeah. I really like that image. And I think some people have come to me with a question of when, when you approach centering prayer, am I getting it right? And so there's this notion of right or wrong. There's this right or wrong way to do it. And I think that's unhelpful whenever you're approaching centering prayer, because I think the thing that happens in even whatever the small little nuances that are taking place as you're doing centering prayer, that image can be super helpful for people of just sitting in the light. And I think I run up against that a lot. The issue of Am I getting it right? I think one of the things that I notice about, particularly when I talk to people who are seasoned in centering prayer, is particularly with people that have anxiety, where there's in the mind, there is a gravitation towards the future and worrying about the future. I think centering prayer could is probably in in my in my relationships, one of the most helpful things that combats that anxiety. And so the more that people who maybe have a proclivity for anxiety engage in this practice of centering prayer, the quicker they're able to let go of those things in their daily lives. Because I think it is also a practice of letting go, right? Letting go of the external world and our ability to control it. I do think that is helpful. And I also personally really enjoy having a moment where I'm not being something for someone. I'm not doing something for anyone. Sometimes 
maybe because of my role as a pastor for so long or my role as a leader, it can feel a little bit like you're on, you got to do the thing and it's got to be eloquent and well said and inclusive of all the things. And this type of prayer gives me a moment to not have to be that. I don't have to be anything for anybody. I can just be in the presence of God. I can soak in that love, that light as you're talking about. And so it's really filling. It's really nourishing and allows me to remember that my relationship with God is not about all of my doing. It's really relationship for relationship's sake. And that I didn't have to ever be anything. It is enough, right? This is enough. That has been so meaningful <laughs> in a world where life is a lot about doing. Chris, I appreciate you also acknowledging questions that, that people might have, and maybe our listeners have, am I doing this right? And where do you ask those questions? And so I think some of the things that have come up that I've been able to dialogue with people about one being, gosh, I feel like such a failure because I was just so distracted, right? That just comes up all the time. And, and my mind was wandering and this and that. And I had to keep coming back to that centering thing. And I don't remember which contemplative said that, but just this invitation of, wow, like you were distracted 100 times. That was 100 times that you got to come back into the presence of the loving God. And so just recognizing that's part of it and it's okay. And that's just how you showed up today. And we're going to show up. I think the beauty of a practice of centering prayer versus just one time I'm trying this is that you do show up differently every time. And you may notice today was particularly, I was particularly distracted And then you move on or today that the time went by so quickly. And I feel like I could have sat another five minutes because I was just soaking that in. And so I think just recognizing some of those patterns and it, it is what it is. I think oftentimes too, and sometimes when I'm like walking in the door and I might have like my bag and my drink and a cup and I'm grabbing one of the kids things from the van and you're like full of all this stuff and you're walking in the door and having to put down all the things and maybe something drops and you're hanging up your keys, taking your jacket off. And then you can go into the next part of your entering into the room or the the house. And I think sometimes centering prayers like that. I had someone say, I just feel like I'm going through this list. Is that okay? And I'm like, if you feel like you need to take the first little bit to just empty out, like these are all the people that wanted prayer and that do that, like clear it. Just like I have to put down my keys and my jacket and my purse and all the things before I can actually go sit down on the couch or whatever. That's part of it. And so again, I don't think there's a right quote or wrong quote way to do it, but whatever is going to help you to enter into that. And again, I love Chris, what you're naming of just being present in the moment. I am here. The wind is on my face or I'm in this comfortable chair or I am safe right now. And sometimes having just some of those like on ramps to I'm going to enter into these next however many minutes, two, 20, whatever you decide, five. And sometimes we need that little introductory into that to get us into that as well. And then that gentle reminder to come back. So again, I think as I'm meeting with people in my own journey as well, these are just some helpful things that have helped me along the way with this practice. I love that. Yeah. A hundred opportunities to come back to loving God. Thank you for that. That's really good. I think as probably the most extroverted person on the screen, one of the things that I've come to appreciate about centering prayer is, is group centering prayer and doing it with others. And I think there's something very rich about being with other people practicing centering prayer, just holding silence together. And th- I think that is a very rich experience engaging in centering prayer. So I'll just put that forward as well. 
Yeah. And just building off of that, Chris, as well, I think, and I could be getting my superheroes wrong. I think it's Superman, right? Doesn't he have to travel back to the sun to renew his energy and then come back down to do his superpowers? And I think there's been times too, where and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, again, but I, again, I think the point of, cause you're like, okay, I'm just sitting quiet with others. What's the point? Or that just seems weird. But I do think there's this borrowed energy or spirit that we have from each other as well. And especially when I've had opportunities to do centering prayer with people that are much more seasoned than me, it's wow, there's just this peace that I'm like, there's just this peaceful presence that I'm entering into. And somehow I'm borrowing from the the other saints in the room, the other people, the contemplatives in the room that are doing this as well. And there's this sense of together, we are coming into that divine presence and collectively renewing our source, like the Superman analogy. And so, yes, I agree with you. I think that the times of collective, whether it be with one other person or a small group or whatever has felt so meaningful to me as well. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, Just going along with that analogy, at at times, Superman wasn't able to go to the sun by himself. Someone carried him to the source to get energized. And I think that's also a group dynamic that happens. Sometimes we're not at a place like maybe there's anxiety, maybe there's a wounding, whatever. And I think being with other people is taking us to the source as well. So, Yes, I am with you both. Group prayer, even when it's quiet, is very meaningful to me. And I'm always amazed at the ability to feel that presence. So. Thank you for bringing that up. And thank you for this conversation overall. I think it's really helpful. We're we're naming some of the difficulties with centering prayer and all of the beauty and things that can come. Thank you so much for the conversation. And now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. What are we into today? I am into apples. So my son is learning about traditions in school. And so we had to fill out, he had to interview me about traditions. And one of our traditions that I've realized for now 15 years is going to the apple orchard every fall, picking apples and then making delightful apple treats. And so I helped him write his little second grade reflection and report on that. And today I'll be making some apple crisp with homemade whipped cream. And I just, I love it. I love just the different variety of apples, seeing pictures from 15 years ago up to the present, like every year taking the photos at the apple orchards. And I don't know, just the delightful, fun, crisp air. So I am very much into all things apple. That has been fun. I am into uh, window cleaning. I have been washing uh, or I've been noticing that all the smudges on our windows, I've, we've got one huge window and I've gotten the window cleaner out and I, I've cleaned it and it needs cleaning on the outside and I've cleaned it and been going around cleaning all the other windows. And as a side note, I think it might have done some harm to the birds in our neighborhood because they have been hitting our window now that I've cleaned it a couple times a day. You hear a thud. And so I'm, now we need to hang something in the window as maybe a deterrent for the birds, keep them from getting concussions. Oh, that is dramatic. <laughs> but the good news is you did a good job cleaning those windows. And I could be into apples on any day. I really love them. So I'm with you in that. The thing that I am into right now, I think, is a boy and his dog. It has just been so sweet. Our youngest has developed 
a relationship with our dog, which is this tiny little Morky, right? So our kids didn't attach like you sometimes see kids attach. And I think as you weren't sure if you could break the dog or, <laughs> but as they've all gotten older, it's funny, the one that has the greatest love and relationship with our dog, Toby, is our youngest. And it's really cute to watch them connect and find each other. So I am enjoying watching that. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. And we'll look forward to being with you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week. Music